0: Abu Jamal talking about quote unquote homeland security. <laughs>
1: Microphone and it's this mic that's up right now. Yeah, found a number cool Hello uh, people Yay Oh, that's really nice um, I'm gonna put this hat on an elevated surface uh, It's pretty exciting. It'll probably be a chair and uh, Have you been here before? Cool is a, this is a good night to come for your first time because it's kind of like a half lineup. So you don't have to go full lineup on your first try. You can just ease your way in for next month. I think it's next month. Is this, did this go off? Nope. Okay. I'm going to keep holding it to my mouth. Um, rather the way this works is there's a hat. Uh, well, I, I think it's a hat. Um, it could be an animal that has, uh, things written in them and you pull them out and then something happens where I'm supposed to be clever is what's supposed to happen. Um, I don't know how that happens. It's like a divine intervention thing. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how it works. Uh, oh, there's a picture of my friend on here. Um, okay. So finish this sentence. Technology is... Um a robot it would be a ro- it would be a robot uh right? all technology is a robot in some way um that's the end of my sentence. so keep your eye on me, sweetie. That's creepy um I don't know why you'd keep your eye on someone unless uh... They were trying to, like, trick you. I think if if someone's telling you to keep your eye on them, they probably have another friend behind you that's going to do something. Great. <laughs> well, now, now I would really like to do my regular set, but we're not supposed... Yeah? Do my regular thing? It. Fuck it. Okay. Great. Authority. Cool. Fuck authority. Testing boundaries here. Uh... I normally write. I like to write a lot and that's not super funny but some things have come out of it. Um, I like to write about my childhood as something I'm into because i have nothing going on i'm not a very interesting person but i have an interesting family i guess i have uh, two moms i have like gay parents which is exciting um they had dogs before they had kids so there's a lot of clothes for me hand me down clothes from lucy and ethel Um, and they divorced, which is exciting because it means I like everyone else. Um, but I'm not, I don't know. I think it's stupid to be mad at your parents for getting divorced because it's like you're blaming someone else for something. That's all your fault. Um, so they're separated and remarried to two new women. So I have four Jewish moms, (laughs) which is cool. It's just serious. Um, I have that, which is great. I think the only thing that would be better than having four Jewish moms would be having just the first two that I started with. Uh, but I have the next best thing. So I have I have four moms and an older brother. So I'm the black sheep of my family because I'm the only one who likes cock um, at the table. Uh... Which is weird. Um, I don't know what to do about it. I I I tried dating. I didn't really like. I like being alone. I like being single. Uh, sometimes it makes me sad. Like I I fisted myself the other night, and at first I was really excited about it. But then I was like, Oh my god, I'm turning into my mother. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. I stayed really excited about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm super proud. Um, so that happened my I think people assume step parents are evil but I don't know whenever my stepmom says something mean she always lets me know she didn't mean it by going like ah, 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 ah. Um. <laughs> that's so dumb um, my my step parent was very nice to me as a kid because uh, she has a fear no one will love her so um instead of like impressing my mom she did the thing where you like propose to someone at a football game and you just hope the crowd is gonna be like say yes mommy um so that's my stepmom um that's my butch one and then I have a femme one as well who when I met her uh I went to, they like were together for a long time before I met her and I was going to shake her hand and she said, no. And I was like, smart, I don't wash. And then she said, it's not a hygiene thing. I just don't know whether or not I respect you yet. Um, So now I have a huge crush on my stepmom. I think about her a lot. Um, (laughs) I feel weird blowing my nose on the sweatshirt because it's not mine. So... Well, now I feel weird blowing my nose on a sweatshirt. Um, What else? I um, found out my great aunt collected erotic fiction in the 1930s, which is super cool because it means my great aunt masturbated in the 1930s, which is so impressive because back then women had to get off on just brushing their hair slowly in a mirror. Um, So uh, it took a wild wild ride um i haven't been uh timing myself at all i'm sure i still have a lot of time um (laughs) but uh i'll i'll just try something um I, uh, my mom is a stone butch, which means she like hates being vulnerable. She's not into being vulnerable. So, and actually my mom kind of uses he, him pronouns just to be like, I don't need to be demeaned and called a she. Uh, and so what I found out is a lot of stone butches will have sex with their clothes on cause they like want, uh, that privacy. And when I found that out, I was so excited cause it means I'm like cooler than my mom. Um, <laughs> she's a loser uh so that's tony and she looks like a man but she's a lesbian so like it's weird because people she's like our spy like she looks like someone that would beat up lesbians um but she just sleeps with them um so that's exciting um I think it's exciting. They live in wine country. We went wine tasting, which just, it feels like a lot of, like, asking if you can try some, um, which is kind of, like, what I did before I was 21, so uh, it's kind of fun. I like the whole, like, Peter Pan never grew up thing. I I live with my my parents, two of them, and they have two dogs that just eat my underwear. That's all they eat, which is kind of cool, because I didn't know I could cook, Um, but... (laughs) It's like never when I'm wearing them, so it's lonely. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh f- fuck it. I uh, my grandma's very homophobic, in like like a l- cute little kid way. She's like, well, all my friends are homophobic, so why can't I be homophobic? And we have to say like, well, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you be a good mom? Um. So <laughs> that's my grandma but i try not to judge her too much cuz i think i'd be a bad mom uh like i think i'd be a really terrible mom cuz i'd abort it so um <laughs> she's doing better than me um i i get to say that cuz i i did get an abortion uh the uh, a while ago last year um i wasn't pregnant i just felt like doing something bad um <laughs> No, I was, I was totally pregnant. I um, <laughs> I got an abortion and a bikini wax on the same day because I was like, "Well, I've done something for me. Now I better do something for him." So, I no longer have pubic hair. Uh, and they say for well, like for a choice like that, like it's supposed to be about you, what you want, and not for anyone else. And I thought about it, and I do prefer it. Like I like it better when my vagina feels itchy. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I've got that going for me I'm a mammal I um well I feel weird doing new material now because it's sad so uh I used to be very submissive in bed that was something I was really into but what happened was I started working as a server and I didn't want sex to feel like work so now what I'm really into is uh, eye contact and hearing thank you and uh Being told you can take your break now, I think that's hot. Uh, <laughs> so things are going good. I uh, hey Rachel, um, I'll do a Jewish joke. I'm sorry, I profiled you I but I know you. Um, I work in a Jew place. Which is a pl- I do. It's a place for Jews. Uh, that's where I work. And our temple was recently vandalized by the haters. And I know it was the haters because they wrote Adele is way overrated, on our temple. That's all they wrote. They wrote uh, "fuck you, Jewish Nazis," which is kind of like, yeah, fuck Jewish Nazis. They're the worst ones so we kept it because it's a good message Um, so I work with a lot of Jews Um, I work with Jewish children which is pretty annoying Uh, I mean not that all children aren't annoying but Jewish kids I don't know they're like vagina height so they like try to hug me and they just sexually harass me like all day at work Um, got a lot of kid germs in my vagina um (laughs) Just thought I'd share that. Because we're sharing. Um, I do think I'm kind of... Uh, like, I like science, but I like God. I think I hear God's voice sometimes. Like, if I see someone uh, dressed as a wizard or wearing a witch's hat, I hear a voice, and it's like, you know you're supposed to stone them, right? That's God. Um, <laughs> but I don't do it. I, uh, I'm i a pretty bad person, but only inside. Um, I my parents let me pick my own punishment so like if I did something naughty like if I called my stepmom a fat bitch instead of a curvy bitch they'd be like you decide what your punishment is and so I never thought of anything and uh doing great here I am here I am making it um so I think I've talked for a really long time Rachel do you want to guess that oh Oh, shit I didn't even know that great you do. You have one. Oh sweet! Great. Uh, I did not think of an order before I came up here. Is anyone in this room? You guys can totally come up and talk to. Uh, interested in going next? John Gallagher. Yeah, the bravest of them all. Oh guys,
2: thank you a round of applause for Geneva, huh? You guys, thank you. Very unorganized night. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm feeling nice though, guys. I think um, I think we can all agree giving teachers guns is probably the worst idea, right? Yeah, that's all. That's pretty true. The thing is though, at the exact same time, nothing has made me think about becoming a teacher more. You know, <laughs> it's like government health benefits and a Desert Eagle. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> It's like, you know what? You might not learn in my class. You might not learn about English, social studies, or history. But one lesson you will learn, you will learn respect. I have a fucking gun, okay? I will fucking kill myself. That's more the teacher mentality, right? I love these kids so much, I just shoot myself in the face. I want to play the game, though. I want to fucking. That's the thing with the hell hat. We we said this, we're going to be pulling ideas out of this hat a little bit, or, you know, just telling our jokes. I'm going to be doing a little mix of both, depending on what I think you guys want, because I'm needy. Why not? You know? I want to do well. (laughs) There's five people here. Um, Well... Oh, this is... Okay, this thing says worst movie ever made. Um, I saw the, the worst movie ever made I can think of right now was probably... Um, oh, man, it's probably a porn movie I watched. <laughs> uh, if, if you can guess that, right? Porn movie I watched. Um, this movie... You we know how porn usually works, right? There's a heterosexual porn, so it's not, not scissoring, just straight male, female, right? And this, there's a cum shot at the end. The cum shot at the end is approaching. And so at the end of this thing... Guy goes to ejaculate on lady face, right? Lady goes down like this, and he says, I'm about to come. Lady is on all fours, like naked, not all fours, like on knees, right? Two two legs. She's on two legs naked, and then when he says that, she darts out of frame off screen. You're like, oh, interesting, okay? She comes back holding a tiny table, You're like, okay? Right? This guy just comes all over the table. And then she takes out a razor blade. You're like, what the fuck? And then she starts dicing up the man's cum like cocaine. And then she snorts his cum. And you're like, wow i did not see that coming all. Oh, this is like the m night Shyamalan porn movie i think right like wow what a twist you know what i'm saying that is genuinely fucking insane but like i just uh i don't know that was a pretty bad one i'd say pretty bad porn movie all right let's go to this thing sports ball who cares you know what i really i'm a jock man do you guys play sports at all no? Okay. Why'd you look to him for confirmation? Do I play sports? <laughs> uh, I don't it's okay. Do you guys ever use the term sports ball at all? Yeah, I mean, you you do, Rachel? I mean, fine. But it's so, like, smug and shitty. I don't, like, hate you for liking things. I like sports, right? It's the opiate of the masses, everybody says. But it's fucking fun. Where else can you watch millionaires making each other retarded? Okay, you know? That's why football's truly the greatest game. I can watch men making way more money than me that are just horrible people just making each other so much dumber. It's fucking awesome, right? Advertising snacks and Doritos dumb concussion dumb concussion uh, it makes me happy you know like think about if you could bet on if you could bet on like jeff bezos and bill gates battling to the death right i think that'd be fucking awesome it's like bezos wins we have like i don't know legalized slave labor <laughs> i don't know because nobody pays taxes but we all work for amazon at the same time but if gates wins then we get to drink water that'd be the cool thing i don't know He controls all the water. He's a water world man. Bill Gates. See, this is fun, you know? You see me nervously sweat talking. That's how I know I'm in shape. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. (laughs) Whoa. Never again happened four times last week. Well, this sounds like cocaine, doesn't it? This sounds like doing cocaine all the time. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I dabble in the old uh, white uh, cum dragon, you know, that thing. Fucking put that old devil's booger sugar in my face. It's fun. I, I was a little out of control doing a lot of it last year. And for my birthday, me and my roommate scheduled a full week where we just did nothing but blow in our house. And it was fucking pretty... Ridiculous. I'm, t- I'm 30. That's like not an adult thing to do at all. But one of the things we did was we took a picture on our wall that our landlord had. that was like a family heirloom and we used it as a surface that was like, it was the only clean surface in our house to do blow off of. Right. And this sounds sad. It's not. Okay. I'll tell you why in a second. So we're doing cocaine off this thing. And this guy goes like our landlord comes home and he sees that we had taken the picture off and put it back on the wall and he's very upset. But the reason he's upset, he goes, Hey guys, can you please not do blow off my family heirlooms? <laughs> And we're like, no, Jeff, (laughs) absolutely not, right? So this is the one flat surface. And I'll tell you what, the other other thing he was using, right, the thing he was using as a family heirloom was like a grocery receipt from like 1920 Kansas. It's like, if you don't want me to do drugs off your things, maybe you should get better things, you know? I think this is really your problem than mine. I said this sentence out loud to the guy that controls my rent. He's like, "All well, right." Actually, we just gave him like blow. We gave him drugs. And he was like, fine. But the thing is, we fucking give him drugs. As soon as I said that sentence, like getting better stuff, I was like, if you had better stuff, I would probably do more drugs off him. You know, that's probably the thing. Like if you had like a nice if if there's like a golden lion in the middle of our house, I'm not gonna treasure and cherish that. I'll fucking I wanna OD like Sam Kennison on that thing. You know, I just wanna fucking attack it with my nose. Nose first. Dive in. Um what is this? The last time you cleaned your house. I think I just talked about that. I mean I cleaned it with my nose. That was the that was the big one. <laughs> okay. Aliens, are they real? Hmm. Aliens, huh? Aliens, are they real? You know, that's a really heavy thing, man. You know, the thing about aliens out there is the universe you know, is so big and we're so small, you know. I think they have to be. Uh, <laughs> this is not even a thing. I, I think aliens are real. I, um, I always like listening to UFO stories and stuff. I think those are always interesting to read about. Like, that's kind of a basic thing. I think the universe is like too big for aliens not to be fucking real. Like, it'd just be so boring if people were just all there was. That'd be a fucking horrible way to live, I think, you know? Like Elon Musk, that's all we get is just like him shooting his car into space, and that's like the universe. That fucking sucks, you know? Apollo 13, that's a bummer. I don't know. It's a nice little thought, you know. (laughs) Sit there and just think about that and put it in the thing.
3: Oh, there's
2: all these hypotheticals in here. Poop! Oh shit! Look at that. That is just a thing that says poop. Somebody has hit comedy pay dirt already, baby. Uh, (laughs) I have to deal with a. I have to deal with a decent amount of poop. Right now, I'm am babysitting a French bulldog in my house right now. So you guys, have, you guys have dogs at all? No, no dogs. How about you guys? No, Mike. Uh huh. Jeremy. Well, you got you got pit bulls. He deals with a decent amount of poop. This uh uh this little puppy. It's nine months old and it's fucking adorable. It just I left it with my girlfriend for a little while, and this thing, like I left and it came back, and within like a ten minute window, this dog had just sprayed shit like out of its asshole across our dinner table <laughs> just like out just beyond and i don't know how or why it happened but i mean i think like you know and i know i kind of feel like a proud papa you know <laughs> some things like it's not even my dog but you feel just impressed and amazed that the human body can even do some stuff like that you like it wasn't sure if it was marking territory or what happened this thing just shit so far and i was amazed really I loved it. I fell in love that day. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with this little pooch, this little pooch-a-rama. What? Oh, oh man what I wanted to be when I... I want to kind of want to read what's on the... What is this on? What are these written on? This is... Fuck, these are way... Like, the thing that these are written on are actually way more interesting than the suggestions. <laughs> I'm just going to read a portion of what this says right now. His mother had told him when he was young, God's fourth avatar, the half-man, half-lion, pillar to confront the villainous Asura, whose only weakness, which was too complicated for him to tear his knee open. What the fuck is this? Like... <laughs> I want to talk about this thing, man. This sounds like the Book of Revelations, which seems fucking amazing. Like, I just. <laughs> Either that are just like some really cool poetry, like some William Blake type shit. God's Fourth Avatar Half Man, Half Lion. Let me think about that. It's kind of like, I mean, Greek mythology. We're all familiar with Greek mythology, right? Wasn't it... I mean, the one thing you'd read about that, and you always think it was cool. I mean, at least I, I fucking love Greek mythology. I thought it was rad. Wasn't it weird that Zeus is like the king of the... Okay, so you, know, you already know where I'm going with this probably, right? Okay, so Zeus could change himself into any animal and just still fuck human people, like all the time. Like, how much charisma... Like, think about the movie babe like how charismatic that pig was and how charis- charismatic you'd have to be to try to fuck babe he's like a giant bull and you're like man i want to something about this guy. <laughs> something about this thing he's so charming just want to get railed by this fucking well you got you fuck somebody as a bull as a swan yeah uh <laughs> I don't even know. Like, why? You know? And the Greeks were like, yeah, it's our God. He's cool. <laughs> He's, like, He's an awesome guy. And I think that's why everybody was so ready to go over to Christianity. They're like, no, it's a, our God just lights stuff on fire and punishes people. He turns people to salt sometimes. He doesn't ever fuck you as an animal. Never. Not even once. He'll make a snake tricky. He'll do that. He'll trick you. But he won't ever try and sexually assault you. You know what? And that's how
1: I became a Catholic. <laughs> I feel like I learn so much whenever John Gallagher talks. You'd be a good teacher. Yeah, I, and I uh, think it's hard to be a teacher. I'm not saying it like you'd be a good waiter. A lot of people equate teachers and waiters, and I think teachers are better not to put a hierarchy on society but I just did um, so next uh, comedian is coming all the way from the green room seat by the window he's got tattoos on his head Jeremy Atkins is this your first comedy show like
4: total like not first comedy show here but total first oh damn it I was hoping that you would just you'd think wow this is this is how comedy is and the bar would be really set really low, and the next comedy show, you'd be like, these guys are geniuses. <laughs> Compared to the last guys, these guys are, this is the next wave of comedy. Oh, thanks, shucks, I do appreciate that. Uh, so, as John said, I, I have dogs. Oh, oh, John. I think the Zeus thing is, at a certain point, even if you're God, you get a little bored. You're like, I've done everything. What have I? I know. I'll go out and I'll fuck my subjects as different animals. You just run out of ideas. It's uh, the Groundhog Day of God, I think. Uh, But like you said, I have dogs. My dogs are really cool. I like my dogs a whole bunch. Um, I get more social with them. I have to go out. I have to take them out. I went to the dog park earlier my dog took a shit. Like a good dog owner, I went to clean it up. And as I did, another dog swooped in and ate it. And I was standing there going, ah, oh. he vomited. And I suddenly realized I don't understand dog shit etiquette. Is there a five second rule? Is it still my dog shit or is it the other dog's vomit? What I'm trying to say is I and the other owner were unaware of who was supposed to clean it up. And so we came to a decision. We we looked across the park, we saw each other, we looked around, saw no one's looking, and we walked off. I also have a puppy. I adopted a puppy. Um, and it made me realize there's one reason the puppies are cute. It's so you don't kill them. <laughs> they are such as, I think that's the same with babies. I think that babies are really cute so you don't drown them. Um, there's, there's stories where the woman kills all of her kids, like all six of her kids, and he's like, oh, my God, how could she kill them all? Well, because there were six of them. I'm surprised she didn't do it earlier. I go, of course. There's six. Six kids, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Well, I, I guess it's that kind of material and how I look. So last night I was in uh, Livermore and uh, doing a show, and uh, it was a nice show, audience. Uh, good intro. Lawrence, Livermore is the place where I, uh, I had my favorite heckle. I rarely get heckled. I said that to a comic the other day and she looked at me and she's like, really? Like, I was like, no, 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 it's not a comedy thing. It's a, how I look. Nobody really wants to deal with this. <laughs> so I got my favorite heckle there. I got off the stage. All of the two people had kind of, they'd been like, mm, no, the whole time. And uh, the host said, you know, he was telling some you know, good jokes. You could have given him a little more laughs. And the guy said, I thought he was kind of funny. I would have laughed, but I was afraid he was going to attack me. Okay, so even if I was crazy enough, because I mean, that, that, is, that is I think what they call a booking killer if I'm attacking audience members. That's a short career. Even if I was crazy enough to attack audience members, I think that uh, I would attack audience members not laughing. Much like an office shooting where the guy shoots everybody but Karen because Karen brought him cupcakes once. Um, but I get what he's saying. I get where he was going with that. Because a friend of mine who was a host of the show introduced me one time. He said, this next comic's the nicest guy. And I went, oh, this is so cool. He's going to tell everybody how cool I am, how funny I am. Because last week he brought me up saying, this next comic's gonna need a lot of laughs because I'm pretty sure he's going back to prison next week. <laughs> I ain't not even got out of the seat. And this woman's like, there he is right there. I got him. Like she'd been watching me the whole show and suddenly she was like, oh, hey, wait, we're playing a game of Where's Waldo, the Convict Edition. I could win a beer. There he is. Uh, So there we are. He's saying this next comic's the nicest guy who looks like he's going to commit a hate crime. And uh, like I said, I understand these things. I I bought a suit. I was in a wedding. I was best man. And uh, I bought a suit. I thought, you know, I'll go out. I'll buy a nice one. When I put it on, I decided, you know, I want to wear this more than one day so I'll wear it around today. I walked out of the store, I ran into a friend of mine. I went, oh, this is easy. He looked me up and down He went, How is court? But I'm trying to grow up, I'm trying to get better about things. I, uh, I bought a hybrid, bought a hybrid. Unfortunately, you don't grow up overnight and so I, got, I get, still get high and run out of gas on the Golden Gate Bridge with an Uber fare. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that it hasn't gone far, but it has. Buying a hybrid, buying a hybrid was a big deal. In my 20s, I was a bike messenger. and My nickname was World's Angriest Bike Messenger, and I lived up to the nickname. I once made a guy pee his pants, and I didn't even touch him. I did take the cigarette out of his mouth and put it out on his hand, but I actually did not touch him. And now I drive a Prius. I drive a Prius to Whole Foods to buy my dog's raw dog food. What I'm trying to say is that the 20-year-old uh, the version of me would beat the shit out of me and then explain how disappointed he was in us. I, uh, so I'm pretty sure that the folks that are really into fisting were the kids that were really into puppets. What I'm trying to say is for a romantic man such as myself, dating can be a little confusing. I, uh, a woman broke up with me recently And I thought that was for the best because we were at that part in the relationship where I was pretty sure she was either going to break up with me or she was going to stab me. Like, I think it's as obvious that I've been stabbed as it is. You don't actually need to be stabbed to know how bad it sucks. Uh, But if you do, if you have been stabbed, uh, you see the warning signs real early. And uh, she sent me a text that said, I need to settle things with you tonight. You may ask yourself why I would go somewhere where somebody is most likely going to stab me. And I'll tell you this. We can all probably agree the makeup sex, that's a little more fun than regular sex. You get a little wilder. You say things you're probably embarrassed by later. Uh, Well, you'll have to take my word for this. I'm sorry, I stabbed you sex is fucking amazing. (laughs) Like, it's so good if an imaginary creature, like if Santa Claus came to my door tomorrow, I was like, young man, I will make sure you receive the best I'm sorry I stabbed you sex ever for Christmas, but but I'm gonna have to stab you with these rusty shears, and I'm gonna have to collect up front, man. I would say no, I'm a reasonable man, but it would probably come out an elongated no, because I'd be thinking, where is the local hospital? Can I negotiate where he's gonna stab me? I'm just trying to say it's really good. And, uh, so I showed up really high, because I figured I should be high, you know, a little medicated before I was wounded. And, uh, she met me in the kitchen, And at first I was like, oh, cool, because this is where the snacks are. And then when she turned her back on me, I was like, oh, yeah, this is also where people keep the sharp objects. Then she turned around empty-handed, which I was relieved because, you know, as much as I'm a guy and we kind of always think about getting laid, I was actually not in the mood to get stabbed. And looked at me and said, I want to tell you something. And I thought, oh, nice, she is going to break up with me. And then maybe there'll be some makeup sex and I'll go home happy. That'd be nice. Instead, she looked at me and said, I love you. I thought, oh, that's how fucked up I am. Like, I didn't think that was going to be on the menu. I didn't think that was going to be option. It's also when I discovered I love you sex, not not as good as the other two. <laughs> not, not even close. And uh, so we're laying there. She looked over at me and said, I want you to keep in mind when I ask you this question that I am an expert in nonviolent communication. I thought, oh, shit. I hope she stabs me. That is the only way this nights get any better. Way this is going, this is gonna end in a lonely, frustrated hand job at home. And she looked at me and said, "What's my middle name?" I went, "Eh, I give up at this point." So I just went, "Eh, I don't know." And uh, she uh, said, "You could forget my middle name. I let you put your penis in me in various locations. You could forget my middle name. You are the worst." I like, "Yeah, yeah, I am the worst person ever. What's my middle name?" She'd forgotten, so she broke up with me. All right, so I, uh, I told John I was going to tell this story really quick. Uh, it was about the time, and, I, and I'm telling this story only because I'm, I get to say the, uh, the most, the just the most fucked up, messed up line I've ever come up with to say on stage. So uh, when I was a young man, I, I was not a very good, uh, I, was not, I didn't have a good job resume, and I was a, not a very good criminal. And so I I decided to photocopy dollar bills and uh, receive the change from change machines, which I was doing a great job at until a uh, a fellow commuter uh, told the police. I was tackled in the BART station and led down Market Street in handcuffs, and off to jail I went. At the jail, there was a group of migrant workers and this rapper, Rappin' Forte, in the holding cell, and me, and me in the holding cell it was an interesting little mix so I was minding my business Rappin Forte was minding his business and then he had to make a phone call and he had a big bag of commissary got on the phone picked up his phone he's talking to his his girl and one of the guys the migrant workers I guess thought that the bag was communal property and decided to dig around in it and uh, it was great because this is literally all that happened all I heard was Rappin Forte go hold on baby let me take care of something okay baby what was you saying oh, no I'll be out tomorrow like he knocked the dude out didn't miss a stride back to his conversation it was amazing there was no punchline. I just wanted to say that because I told John I'd tell him that but on that visit like I said I was going to leave you with the, the most screwed up line I've ever said on stage on that visit I discovered that uh, hearing a man uh, raped in the middle of the night is what actually changed me uh, from deciding that a career in criminality was not in my, uh, not in my uh, carts. I wish that was actually true. I wish that was actually true. It was actually sitting around waiting for court they did that. And so the truth of it is that even, even an unfortunate amount of uh, non-consensual ass play was not enough to dissuade me from crime. And I'm going to leave you with this. What did the magician say on the bad date? Now watch me cut the bill in half and disappear.
1: We're down to our last two comics. Uh, Next comic is not me, she's someone else. Rachel Raphael.
5: You could you could be Is this on? Yeah. you could be me in ten years, right? Is this do you want to be me when you grow up? Idea. That seems like a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> I have when we hosted an open mic, which we did for a month. I did just start uh, telling the audience members that me and Geneva were the same person. They just weren't paying attention enough. <laughs> I also said that about someone else who was much taller than us and wasn't wearing glasses, because uh, I was like, I, honestly, I just I assume men don't even notice anything anymore. So, um, I do have some new jokes that Geneva hasn't heard. Should I tell those? Yes. All right. Um, last year I lost twenty five pounds. Yeah, that's a joke. Thank you. Uh, That is approximately the weight of a corgi dog. So if someone has a corgi dog that I have a photo shoot idea, it's just me putting a corgi dog in a zip-up hoodie and being like, this used to be what I look like. Would it be adorable? Um, So let me know if you have a corgi dog. Uh, But besides that, now um, to lose any more weight, I have to do like strenuous workouts uh, because you guys, trust me, you still want me to be able to drink occasionally cuz otherwise everyone's getting punched. So, I have to do strenuous workouts now. So, I joined ClassPass. Have you guys heard of ClassPass? It, it it's an app where you like give them some money. I don't worry, I got a free month. I'm still a Jew. I've I worked it out. Uh <laughs> you give them some money or you get your free month and then you can go to like random trendy workouts in the city. Um, now I'm very, I was very scared of these workouts. I'm like, people like me don't go to these workouts. I'm like, I assume like what happens at these workouts is like thin people with boyfriends go like they've left their nine to five now they're you know at their workout these are the so they're thin they have boyfriends they've convinced themselves that they like eating salads uh then they they talk about they talk about gentrifying the neighborhoods they live in and then when they're finished with the workout they go back to those neighborhoods and i guess order more starbucks i don't know that's what i assumed (laughs) that's what i assumed happens um uh, yeah. So I was looking at class pass. And I'm like, well, whatever. I just have to do this. Uh, and then I looked at all the names of the workouts. And I'm like, what is going on? There's like, there's like none of the words are actual words. There's like body rock and mat box. That's a real one. Uh, sculpt. I think chisel is a real old one. Uh, there's one just called pound. Uh, <laughs> one's called the ride. And a friend of mine, uh, is like, I think that's just sex at a gym. I'm like, well, it's a male instructor, so I guess we're going, we're going to find out. Um, There was also party rides, so I, you know, maybe that's, I don't know if that's like a group thing, but there was not party pound rides, so that's good. Uh, The other one I saw was Sprocket. Okay, that one I just made up. I just made up sprocket. Uh, (laughs) Of course I did. Um, uh, But I was thinking, I have thought about some great workout ideas that are better than all of these. Uh, The main one I was thinking about is uh, pogo. So you remember how much fun you had as a kid, uh, you know, playing on a pogo stick? Well, we've taken a pogo stick, we've made it less fun and like painted it black. And uh, now we've done a workout where you have, you know, a shittier pogo stick. We blast techno music at you. Uh, You have to wear like special gloves and socks that you can only get from us. And you must come to the class 20 minutes early to learn how to touch our special shittier pogo sticks. Uh, And that's pogo the workout. Uh, The other workout is called The Thirst, and that is just like, there's just like a really hot guy or girl just like walking up a mountain really fast, and you have to like keep up if you want to keep seeing him. we would we would all go to that guys we would uh and then the last workout idea is heist workout and that is you just have to like do things that people did in heist movies because like i haven't actually seen the movie entrapment but i feel like Catherine zeta jones did a lot of core work when she moved her butt through all the lasers i feel like you know whatever happened to tom cruise during mission impossible it was a lot of it's a lot of work (laughs) To be able to look that good in the black bodysuit, um, so we do heist workout. At some point, when you when we say you've graduated, have you like secretly stolen a diamond from a bank and you give it to me and you don't even know? Maybe that's you know. I'll 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 talk to you about it later. <laughs> We're stealing diamonds now. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh. So so those are my workouts. Sh- should we see what's in here? Yeah. yeah. uh. oh yeah good it's always good that there's pictures of my face on the back of these uh I'm losing my mind yeah I probably am I'm doing comedy (laughs) um I was walking over here and I couldn't remember if uh if I was on the show and I was like and I was like well let's say I go to the show and they're like you're not on and you're not allowed to be on, because in my head, everyone's mean. Uh, <laughs> no, just me. Uh, and then I was thinking, you know what? I just walked a corgi dog, and I, ha- I just had a, ch- a chili hot dog, so I've had a good day. And then I was really proud of myself, and I feel like uh, to be proud of those two things kind of sounds like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> uh, uh, this one just says, oh, no, exclamation <laughs> um, point. I don't know, <laughs> everything. There's a lot of things I feel that way about. Most things. Do you really think anything is going to happen? Um. I mean, I don't know. Trump is definitely going to make something happen just by being an idiot. Uh, so, I don't know. Do I think anything is going... Like, what, what is anything? Do I think we're going to go to Mars? Am I gonna lose five more pounds? Am I gonna get a boyfriend? That would be anything if I got a boyfriend, if you guys know anyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, How long can you go without your phone? Not very long, it's kind of sad. Uh, Guys, I'm not actually making any jokes anymore. This isn't comedy anymore, you're just learning about my life and I don't know how. The worst sex. Uh, I'm just... I, I don't want to deal with it. I just can't deal with it. My favorite book. What the what the fuck is going... I'm not this smart. All right, one more. I know I wear glasses, so it looks like... It looks like I'm smart, but I watch a lot of TV. My cat is better than your honor student. Uh, agreed. Now, if Pam Benjamin, the usual host of this, was here, she would have died laughing. Uh... Yeah, cats are probably better than honor students. I don't know. I was almost an honor student, and I'm sure I was annoying. Oh, but the honor students—the honor students were way more annoying than me. Two of them, one time in like ninth grade, called my house to ask me a question on like a math problem, and it was somehow like they had conference called and then called me. And I was like, and I wasn't even friends with them. I was like, hello, and just like, hey, it's Dominic and Holly. Uh, what did you get on question twelve? And I was like. And then I told them and they're like, but how? I'm like, I don't know. And then I think I just hung up. (laughs) So, uh, so honor students should be allowed to just randomly call you when they feel like it. Uh, (laughs) I'll just stay, I'll just stay on the stage. Uh, okay, cool. I'm staying here forever. Okay. Uh, can we, can we talk about porn a little bit? Pornography? I know. Uh, I, I have nothing about uh, people snorting cum. Sorry, sorry. That's just you. Um, I think they should make pornography better for women. Um, it seems like the it seems like America. We have a lot of opinions about like when women should learn about sex, how much sex they can have, who they can have sex with, what they can do after sex. But we haven't put any thought into like how to get them feel good before sex or how they're gonna how they might like watching sex. Seems like we should just be consistent. That's not really a joke as much as like, you know, a platform, (laughs) Uh, I guess. But uh, so if you go on like Pornhub or any of those websites, there's just one category for women, and you know it's for women because it's called for women. Because you know what women love more, you know what women love? Getting told we all like the same thing and being put in one category. Love it. (laughs) Like, you know what, let's, like, let's just up the ante with this. Let's just make this, like, like, you know what, once you can tell that, like, there's a woman on the porn site, maybe just, like, throw up up some pop-ups that are just, like, hey, you seem kind of bitchy. Are you on your period? (laughs) Just, like, (laughs) next pop-up. Why are you watching porn? Shouldn't you, like, be making someone a sandwich? Just, I don't know, just stuff like that. Um, (laughs) Um, Also, I really don't understand the trope, the main porn trope, which is, like, You order a pizza, the pizza delivery guy comes over, but he's like dropped the entire pizza or he's just really bad at his job. And then um, instead of calling the manager, because obviously he's going to get fired because this is the last time he can do this, um, you, you guys fuck. And that's the way of of making the whole situation better because I guess you already paid for the pizza um my issue with that with this trope is that you ordered a pizza and you don't have a pizza now that's my issue I don't understand this is a fantasy I don't understand why we have to choose between sex and getting the pizza you ordered that doesn't make any like I don't know if that's like the difference between men and women I want both sex and the pizza I don't know (laughs) Um so like you know like you know what I'd really like some like some sex some really satisfying sex but I also still want to have to do my errands no that's fucked up <laughs> uh <laughs> uh so so uh the way I'd like to fix fix this is that so, you order the pizza. The guy comes over with the pizza. It's a correct, it's correct pizza. It's the exact one you ordered. Seems very nice. There's, there's consent involved. Uh, he comes in the apartment. Then he puts the pizza, like, in the oven on low. Then you guys have sex. Then he gets stressed And then hands you a slice of perfectly warm pizza on a plate. And then leaves. Also, th- in that universe, there's also universal health care. So, that's and all right thank you very much
1: we are down to our last comic of the night unless either of you want to set which is totally cool just all right not at all okay uh he runs a bunch of shows in oakland at the layover and next new year's it's going to be super good um mike spiegelman
6: Thank you guys. You made the show. The show exists because of you guys so we appreciate it. And anyone who listens to it on podcasts, uh, through the proper channels and anyone bootlegging this because there's a there's a thriving market. If I took this mp3 and I posted it on uh, SoundCloud, it will pop up everywhere. Like I you know, that's how I got my name around in, in the internet is that I, I save files as my name, Mike Spiegelman. And then it pops up when you search it. It's like some site that, that posts MP3s that are on SoundCloud. I'm really smart. <laughs> yes, so like Facebook. Did you know like every time uh, there's an ad the second time? There's always an ad on Facebook. And they always tell you your friends who like it. So I like the New York Times, so you guys will think about me when you're on Facebook because there'll be a New York Times ad, it'll be like, Mike Spiegelman likes the New York Times. And they'll be like, who gives a shit? I mean, you really went out of your way, Mike? And that way people will be like, oh, Mike Spiegelman. I'm getting free publicity (laughs) by liking the New York Times on Facebook because that's the second post you'll see. Hi. What's that? The mic stand sucks. Oh, it's all right. As long as I can, uh, I should speak closer to the mic. Love, colon. Is it real? I would rather say, like, what is love? Because you assume that love exists by saying, is it real? I don't know. Probably not. Probably uh, run out of steam. I don't know. No, it, of course. <laughs> it's eternal and of course the back about it but Raj knew he had to be the choice as was there for the one man surrounded it pained him to think about it not that that's insane primitive cave person voice do joke now Uh, ook, ook. Uh, man walks into a cave. Cave tender says, what it'll be? (laughs) Caveman says, uh, I'll have a, and then a Geico commercial came on. He goes, turn that shit off. (laughs) I don't want to see that shit. You know, my kid knows Fred Flintstone from a cereal box. The end. I'd be like, they know, Fred and Barney are the Cocoa Pebbles uh, box. A waste of generation. You got to know your history. I should get small children to work for me. Oh, That would be great. You guys ever fold paper in threes and then put them in envelopes? Kids love that shit. <laughs> they can come to the station and it'll be like, well, oh, you know, actually, uh, kids are great. Do you guys play those games where you, uh, you virtual farm and you press your, or you click, you press a button? Just give it to a kid. But they won't do it because it'll be on YouTube. They'll be watching YouTube. How'd you get YouTube on that? <laughs> be culturally relevant. Well, I've been listening to a lot of shows here. Uh, You know, I don't want to brag, but I'm the guy who watches The Door every Friday uh, for Pantastics. Whether or not I perform, I'm here. I usually try to get a set beforehand so I could feel better. Should be going to the gym. I feel much better I go to the gym, but I don't get a set, and then I have to sit through a show where I don't perform, so. I'd rather get a set in and then sit through a show. I had a point, but I thought it would be nice to pull the curtain for a second. (coughs) (laughs) Oh, cultural relevance. So I've seen enough comics, uh, half my age. And so I've actually uh, have some words that maybe if you listen to the podcast, lit AF, uh, like I was lit at AF, so I'm gonna use it in a sentence. Eat ass. When you're young at heart, right? Hey, if you could pull it off. Uh, what was the other one? The throw shade. It's pretty solid. Uh, I don't know. Purple ketchup. I'm a, uh, space jam. Fucking, I don't know. Uh, a high-pitched, thin tune. Anyone want to venture that? High-pitched, thin tune.
3: Oh, say... <coughs>
6: I don't think I've ever heard that. I'm losing my mind, you guys know that one. All right, there we go. This is really nice that these are set up. I'm just pulling out things. The worst thing about the bus. I love the bus. I don't wanna talk about the fucking bus, I love the bus. No way I'm not talking about the bus. I will, t- I, I will mention that one time I rode the entire bus and back and there was like a, some, oh, I hate when there's needles. I'll call it when there's the needles by your seat. Have you guys ever seen that? You got to watch the floor because there's creatures. Like there'll be like a bug, but like a bug with like a horn on top of its head. And you're like, because if there's like a a bug and like flying around in the bus, you're like, that's cute, buddy. You want to get outside the window? Let me help you. And then if you're sitting there and you got your food on your bags on the floor of the bus and your feet and your shoes and you see something crawl by, you're like, oh, shit, it's a bed bug. I'm going to get a fucking bed bug. But then when you look at it, it has like, you know, this little Loki horns on top of it. You're like, oh, fuck. I've never seen that before. It's going to crawl into my shoes. And then uh, the needles. Like, you sit down, and there's a fucking hypodermic needle with the fucking needle. I went, to, uh, I took the bus. So, you know, like, I like the corner seat because I can cram all my stuff in there, and I try to be helpful, and then I can't offer my seat because I'm in the corner. But uh, this there was a needle right in the corner. I was like, blah. So I sat elsewhere, and uh, I left, and there's this guy sitting there, and he uh He was pretty, I don't know if it was his needle. I didn't see him before, but he was definitely okay. There was no needle there. But that guy, like the whole bus ride, I'm like, there's a fucking hyper. Do I tell the operator, the bus driver? I don't say driver, operator. Do I tell him there's a fucking needle back there? Or do I ignore it like everyone else, you know? So I was, like, ignoring it. But when I got off, I looked. This guy was completely blitzed, like, definitely blitz. And also, there was a garbage can right out at the bus stop. And on top of the garbage can was a big plastic bag full of apples, right? Like, someone was just, like, I'll put it on top of the garbage can and someone will take it. And me and that guy both looked at the apples. I was outside, and he was inside the bus, which stopped at the bus stop. And, uh... I was like, I could take these apples home. And I went to pick up the bag, and the guy saw me do that, and he sticks his hand out the window, and goes like this. And I almost like I, phew, I should go to the gym before these shows and not do a set, but I was just like I wasn't fast enough. I was like, "You fucker had a needle on the bus, and my kid rides on. Fuck you!" Right? On the other hand, it's like I want this guy to hold a fucking bag of apples out the window of the bus, <laughs> the five as it goes from three more blocks down Gear, you know Fulton, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't do it. That was a little mean. How are we doing? All right. I'm gonna do a couple more. Alright, good. Let me pick the last one. I like to stick with these cards. Someone actually took the effort and cheese and bread makes me dot dot dot. It's a match game. Yeah, yeah it makes me hungry. Uh, I don't I, do you guys what do you guys like? Do you have cheese and cheese and bread? Makes me a sandwich? Grilled cheese. It, it makes me, like, uh, you put some apples on there, apple slices when you melt and make that cheese, that's pretty good. I don't know, people have harp, like, oh, I can't eat cheese, I can't eat... Well, oh, I understand if you have a dairy condition, you're not going to eat the cheese, but the whole bread thing is bullshit. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be eating all that bread, but... Red and cheese makes me. I'm gonna do it in a thin, high-pitched voice. To be fair, before I'm gonna flip it over and I'll, I'll read that. And I'll, I'd rather take the the impressions, Rachel, from as you were saying from back here. Finish the routine today with the focus. It stood up. Sorry, sons. He said, looking at pajamas. I'm gonna have you greet the. All right. Well, I should wrap it up, right? No way, son. I'm going to take off my pajamas. Woo. (laughs) This is like really like cinema verite, this writing. This is like really, this real. Uh, I've been Mike Spiegelman. Thank you guys so much.
1: That is the least of this room's worries. Um, So that's our show. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Drive safe. Thank you, I don't know your last name, thank you David.
7: is nearabouts. Nobody knew or far from cared who I was all my life. 3,500 miles from birth all opened up and at last belonged to me in Great America. And now it's night in Third Street. The keen little neons and also yellow bulb lights of impossible to believe flops. The dark ruined shadows moving back of torn yellow shades like a degenerate China with no money. The cat's in Annie's alley. The flop comes on, moans, rolls. The street is loaded with darkness. Blue sky above with stars hanging high over old hotel roofs and blowers of hotels moaning out dusts of interior. The grime inside the word in mouths falling out tooth by tooth reading rooms, tick-tock, big clock, with creek chair and slant boards and old faces looking up over rimless spectacles bought in some West Virginia or Florida or Liverpool, England pawn shop long before I was born. And across rains, they've come to the end of the land, sadness, end of the world, gladness. All your San Francisco will have to fall eventually and burn again. But I'm walking, and one night, fell into the hole of the construction job where they're tearing a sewer by day the husky pacific and electric youths in torn jeans who work there often i think of going up to some of them like say blonde ones with wild hair and torn shirts and they say you ought to apply for the railroad it's much easier work you don't stand around the street all day you get much more pay but this bum fell in the hole you saw his foot stick out british mg also driven by some eccentric once backed into that hole, and as I came home from a long Saturday afternoon local the Hollister, out of San Jose, miles away across verdurous fields of prune and juice joy, here's this British MG backed, and legs up, wheels up into a pit, and bums and cops standing right outside the coffee shop. It was the way they fenced it, but he never had the nerve to do it, due to the fact that he had no money and nowhere to go, and no, oh, his father was dead, and no, his mother was dead, and know his sister was dead, and know his whereabout was dead, was dead. But then, at that time also, I used to lay in my room on long Saturday afternoons listening to Jumpin' George with my fifth tokay, no tea, and just under the sheets laugh to hear the crazy music. Mama, he treats your daughter mean. Mama, Papa, don't you come in here, I'll kill you, etc. Getting high by myself in room glooms, and all wondrous knowing about the Negro, the essential American, out there always finding his solace, his meaning, in the Fellaheen street, and not in abstract morality. And even when he has a church, you see the pastor out front bowing to the ladies on the make, you hear his great vibrant voice on the Sunday afternoon sidewalk full of sexual vibratos, saying, why, yes, ma'am, but the gospel do say that man was born of woman's womb. (laughs) No, and so, by that time I come crawling out of my warm sack and hit the street, When I see the railroad ain't gonna call me till 5 a.m. Sunday morning, probably, for a local out of Bay Shore. In fact, always for a local out of Bay Shore. And I go to the whale bar of all the wild bars in the world, the one and only Third and Howard. And there I go in and drink with the madmen, and if I get drunk, I get. The girl who come up to me in there one night, I was there with Al Buckle, said to me, You wanna play with me tonight, Jim? And I didn't think I... (laughs) I didn't think I had enough money. And I told this to Charlie Lowe, and he laughed, said, how do you know she wanted money? Always take the chance that she might be out just for love, or just out for love, you know what I mean. Don't be a sucker. She was a good looking doll. She said, how would you like to oo with me, Mom? And I stood there like a jerk. In fact, bought drink, got drink drunk that night in the 299 club. I was hit by the proprietor, the band breaking up the fight. Before I had a chance to decide to hit him back, which I didn't want to do anyway. Not on the street. I tried to rush back in, but they had locked the door and were looking at me through the forbidden glass in the door with faces like undersea. I should have played with her.
0: that last one. I guess that's the spoken part of the show today. That last piece is called uh, October in the Railroad Earth, written by and read by Jack Kerouac, accompanied by Steve Allen on the piano. October in the Railroad Earth. And tomorrow it'll be October We also included uh, George Carlin and his reflection on the idea of rights. When you think about it, though, he's right on the money because if the government wants to take away your rights, all they have to do is change the law. And then if you try to get your rights back, whatever you're doing is illegal and you can be thrown in jail. So... Let's listen to some labor news now. This is Radio Labor. A worldwide view of the labor movement.
3: This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor.
8: This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, September 29th, 2017. I'm Mark Belanger. The report this week is dedicated exclusively to the struggles of African workers and their unions to stop billions of dollars being stolen from the continent. This is Radio Labor. In South Africa this week, thousands of workers walked off the job to demonstrate against widespread corruption the takeover of state activities by business interests, and illicit financial flows of money out of the country. The demonstrations were organized by COSATU, the Congress of South African Trade Unions, and the South African Communist Party. COSATU and the Communist Party are part of a coalition with the governing African National Congress, the ANC, but they have lately been distancing themselves from the ANC and its president, Jacob Zuma. Becky Ninshali Ninshali is Kosato's General Secretary. He spoke at a media conference before the demonstration started about corruption in the country and state capture of government activities by an elite network, including business people.
9: South Africa is not a poor country. It's citizens in poor because poor governance and as a result of state capture and corruption. The administration, as led by the ANC president, uh, Zuma, has and continued to preside over economic contradiction and, and job losses. Corruption has become endemic under this administration. The revelation by the public protector report on state capture that show that this current South African administration has been captured and that there is a network of predator elite that is engaged in looting of state resources. This call for all of us as workers and citizens to stand up and push back against this rot. This strike is about mobilizing against the predatory elite are pushing for an appointment of Commission of Inquiry that will help unearth the extent of this rot and help us to ultimately dismantle this network. There must be a process to identify all those involved in the state capture and they all need to be blacklisted. We demand that the private and public sector institution must refuse to deal with predatory elite and in particular cancel all commercial dealings with the implicated individuals. The money that will be recovered should be redirected to implement projects addressing the plight of workers, the working class and the poor. The time to reclaim the electoral mandate that we gave to the NC is now. There is no Messiah who will come and rescue us from the state capture and the cancer of corruption. But it is our collective effort that will put a stop to this.
8: One of the issues which provoked the demonstrations in South Africa was the loss of billions of dollars which flow out of the country because of what are called illicit financial flows, or IFFs. And, as it happens, union representatives from Africa were touring the United States this week to publicize the problems caused by IFFs. The tour was organized by the Solidarity Center, an international workers' rights organization allied with the AFLC, CIO Labor Federation. One of the unionists participating in the tour was Caroline Kamati Mugala. Ms. Mugala is the Executive Secretary of the East Africa Trade Union Confederation. I asked Ms. Mugala to describe illicit financial flows.
10: In simple terms, illicit financial flows basically means illegal movement of money or capital from one country to another. And when I say illegal movement of money, we are talking about things like you know, a drug cartel using trade-based money laundering techniques to mix legal money from sale uh, with illegal money. Or when you're talking about an importer using uh, trade misinvoicing to evade customs duty, VAT, or income tax. Um, and I will give a good example in Tanzania, whereby I think two weeks ago, there was uh, a consignment of diamond that was seized at the airport and the government is going to repossess that consignment because the government says the company and uh, reported the value of the diamond. Or we are talking about, you know, corrupt public official using an anonymous shell company or bank account you know, to siphon money from, from a particular country. Or, you know, money that is being lost through human trafficking or Terrorism. So basically, that's what illicit financial flows is.
8: How much money is leaving Africa because of these illicit financial flows?
10: In general, around 192 billion leaves Africa every year. That is through illicit financial flow being one of it, one of the, uh, the ways money leaves Africa, vis-a-vis 134 billion that we received.
8: Another unionist participating in the U.S. tour about illicit financial flows was Akator Jul Odiji, the
10: coordinator
8: of human and trade union rights of ITUC Africa. The ITUC, the International Trade Union Confederation, is the global body which represents national labor centers such as the Ghana Trades Union Congress. I asked Mr. Odigi why unions in Africa were fighting so hard to stop illicit financial flows.
9: The question of reversing or stopping IFF is a worker's issue, it's a trading-on issue a community issue uh, because like uh, we have seen it's a uh, missed opportunities opportunity cost for our people opportunities to grow jobs opportunity to pay fair wages opportunity to defend the human rights of our people through effective public service delivery opportunities to reverse poverty when often time when government is in short need of resources they quickly think of raising our consumption taxes which uh, uh, you know, safe staff's value added tax, which oftentimes hurts the poor more than uh, the wealthy. Uh, it's, uh, it's why we are, we are involved with this.
8: ITUC Africa has for years been fighting illicit financial flows and campaigning for tax justice. Kwazi Aduwamankwa is the general secretary of ITUC Africa. He was asked a while back what labor unions can do to help stop illicit
11: financial flows. What unions can do is to bring their muscle to support this campaign how much tax gets lost through what is described as the illicit financial transfers first of all we need to educate ourselves fully and show you know the kinds of public services that the state is not able to undertake because it doesn't have the requisite resources and to demonstrate that if we pursue the path of tax justice and the taxes which have to be paid by these multinational companies are paid properly that the state is pushed to fulfill its responsibilities to the people especially in the critical areas of health and education i think the first challenge is the need for us to get enough information to understand what the issue is about understand the various devious means by which monies that are owed to the state are siphoned out of our countries we need to understand that very clearly and then we also need to understand um what the state should do that it is not doing because it doesn't have the appropriate resources and to be able to explain all this fully to our people And I think if the issue is posed in terms especially of public services in the area of education and health, because everybody needs that. I mean, what can anybody do without education? What can you do without a healthy population? Look at us in Africa today and the kind of public health menace that we face is because our states are weak and are not able to live up to their responsibilities. We need to explain all this first to our membership in ways that our people understand fully. And then on the basis of that we can mobilize for action and make the necessary demands of our state. Because if we make the demands and they are clear and our states know that we understand what we are talking about, I believe that we can move in the right direction.
8: Extended versions of the interviews heard in this edition of the World Report can be heard on the Radio Labour website at www.radiolabour.net. And that's it. International Labour news you can use. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
0: Okay, so that was Radio Labor um, concentrating this week on the issue of money, illicit money going out of Africa, 192 billion dollars a year. And of course what that is is theft. That's uh, how you do business. That's what capitalists do. They figure out ways to get the money whether it's legal or not, for many of them. Radio Labor. Listen up now to the Win We Can Review. This is uh, Labor News from the United States.
12: Workers Independent News, Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. A $6 trillion con game. That's what the AFL-CIO says the Republican tax cut for the rich plan is. The Labor Federation says the GOP is trying to con working people while delivering huge tax cuts to the rich. AFL-CIO President Rich Trumka says the con works like this. First comes the promise that big tax giveaways to the rich will help us. The California Nurses Association, National Nurses United, is mounting a major door-to-door campaign in October throughout the state of California in a push for a state Medicare for All bill. SB 562 was passed by the state senate but blocked from a vote in the state assembly by Democrat Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon. Martha Cool is Secretary Treasurer of National Nurses United.
13: The Healthy California campaign is going to be in every district, 80 assembly districts in California, to knock on every door in those districts to talk to people about guaranteeing health care to everyone in California. What nurses in California, what California nurse Nurses' associations want, and what the Healthy California campaign wants is for the bill to be released early next year at the first opportunity in the legislature and move forward so that we can guarantee health care for all Californians.
12: General Electric is transferring locomotive manufacturing work from a union plant in Erie, Pennsylvania to a non-union Texas plant. 570 jobs will be lost in Erie next year as a result. Scott Slauson is president of UE Local 506. He says the union fought hard in bargaining to save these jobs and the fight will go on.
2: I just think that their intention was is they were going to transfer the work one way or another for a multitude of reasons. General Electric does not seem to value union labor any longer.
12: Slauson says GE con- Constantly drives down wages with no concern about the effect it has on working people and our communities so it's just
2: a matter of chasing lower wages and wiping out middle-class In a lot of cases I mean they want to go back to wage scales they were paying in the 80s and 90s
12: target stores say they will pay workers 15 dollars an hour by 2020 target is raising wages to $11 an hour from their current minimum of $10 starting next month fight for 15 says if target can do it companies like McDonald's can too the fight for 15 workers move movement, backed by SEIU, started with 200 New York City low-wage workers walking off their jobs to demand a minimum of $15 in a union five years ago. Since then, SEIU says, 22 million American workers have won raises, including 10 million who are on their way to $15 an hour. Kayla Gray is a worker in the fight for 15
10: We need this. You know, this will help millions of us. Us coming together, marching, going to McDonald's. You know, we're all fighting for the union in 15
12: Workers' Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham.
0: Okay, that was uh, When We Can Review. Um, a short analysis of the president's new tax plan. A giveaway to the rich. Six trillion dollars. No estate tax?
3: We are not associated with the
6: Hello, welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hang on, I'm going to get Carl on the line.
13: Carly.
6: I don't hear you. Uh, Carl, there's a feedback going on, I think.
13: How are you? Uh, uh, terrible. I'm calling you back because I don't have a good phone connection. All right. Okay, bye.
6: All right, hi. Well, welcome back to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Uh, Carl, we had to pick a uh, film, a long film for us to uh, screw up our audio uh, before we watch. Uh... All right, so Carl's going to call us back. Let me tell you the show. Welcome. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Uh, what we do is we watch a full-length movie on YouTube. And you can find us on iTunes with, by our initials, L W A F Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Blogspot.com is our official... Uh, Site where we embed the movies. Where we embed the movies, and the idea is you listen to our podcast and watch the movie at the same time. So let's try this one more time, painful or not. Hello, Carl.
13: Hi, you back.
6: Oh, hey, so yeah, uh, there's a big feedback going on. I called
13: you back. I called you back.
6: You called me back.
13: Hi, you back.
6: Yeah, hang on. on. Carl, how are you?
13: All right, good. You're feeding back. I don't hear it so. Is it like Hendrix feedback or like, you know, early Beatles feedback?
6: And he came in with All right. Employers. So, Carl, uh, the idea the of this Yeah.
13: Okay, you hear me well? and okay, Yeah, I think I think I it's,
6: like it's it. as good as it's going to get for our show okay. uh, here. Yeah. I plugged all this stuff. I was hoping we could go straight to the movie. Uh, the idea is that there's a lot of movies I always wanted to see, uh, heard about, and they're on YouTube. I tell, let Carl know what the movie is. Carl watches it. Carl researches it. And then we want to watch, let's watch all this movie together. So, Carl, what's the movie today?
13: Today the movie is Gas. Gas. <laughs> hyphen S, hyphen S, hyphen S.
6: Oh, so it really is gas.
13: Yeah, this is a Roger Corman film. It's 1970, and you'll search for G A S S S exclamation point.
6: Wait, hang a second. I wrote F A. G A S A S A S. Ah, gas. I see it.
13: Three extra S's. So it's G A S and then S S S with dashes, I Now, 1970.
6: Alright, so how would you... So, hello, I am a 1970 ticket vendor. Uh, What movie would you like to see today?
13: I would like to see Gas.
6: Oh, are you talking about Gas or Gas?
13: Yeah,
6: I'm... Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, we're only showing... The one with two S's. Actually, you need to be 18 or plus to see the triple S. So, Uh (laughs) triple S movie. (laughs) Stupid. All right, so this movie is one hour 98 minutes. So, uh, 58 minutes. So, let's just start it, right?
13: Okay. Now, I suggest Larry Christ, not Christ, Chris. Okay. L A R R Y C R I S T.
6: Would you say this movie is his passion?
13: It's, it's the passion of the
6: crisp. Yeah. Okay, so he titles it, Gas, with the three S's, the original motion picture soundtrack. Right. Which is technically true, because we're going to listen to the watch the entire movie. Right. Yeah. Well,
13: yeah, I don't know why he says that. This is an hour and
6: 58. It is the movie, not the soundtrack. He's, tr- he's tricking the man. <laughs> All right, so go oh, ahead so and I click... Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead, Carl.
13: I kind of don't understand. In this version, it starts out saying Orion. Uh, maybe they had a contract with it. We'll see in a moment. I, I think you want to get moving.
6: Yeah. Uh, All right. So let's it, go it, ahead it and start Larry this movie. Crisp. Yeah, Larry Crisp. Uh, Gas, the original motion picture soundtrack. I've buffered it. I hit pause. How about you?
13: I've buffered and I've hit pause.
6: Audience? All right, let's go. So go ahead and hit play at three, two,
13: one, go. Roar! Yeah. This guy's not lying. Oh, wait. He is lying?
6: Oh, here's Orion. Whoa! I love
13: this intro. It is how Orion appears in the sky. They skip the nebula, though. And the sword.
6: All right. I'm not getting any sound from this. You picked a good film,
13: Mike. Uh, I mean, it's not literally a good film, but it's a good piece of history.
6: Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of the Mr. Corman, right? So, uh Yeah. I I'm aware that he made a bunch of movies, and by 1970, he was still, you know, he was at his peak, but he really peaked during the 50s and 60s, I think. And this mm-hmm. I would count 1970s as part of the 60s, and uh this movie is for the 60s generation. All right, what's going on this is an animation.
13: We're going to see a cartoon at the beginning, and um in a minute maybe you'll turn the voice up because the general it's clearly they're trying to do John Wayne.
6: I'm having trouble with the sound on this machine again, so I, I'm not I'm gonna
13: wait. Let me see if you can hear it on my side. All right. Oh, anyway. Okay, I muted. Do you hear it? Did you hear yeah, it or yeah. no? Okay, so it's a general
4: board of aeronautics.
3: The
13: father of So you can hear he sounds like John Wayne. What right. happened is there was an accident. They invented a gas that would kill everybody over 25 years old for military purposes. So, and unfortunately, it got out.
6: So this is what the cartoon is explaining the plot, so the characters don't have to tell us a story. This stupid cartoon in the beginning will, will set things up.
13: You're right, Mike, and it's really cheap. As a matter of fact, we start after... It's all gone down, and everybody's dead. We don't even see dead, you know, we don't see evidence of it.
6: Oh, right. Yeah, because it would be stinking. I mean, old people smell, even when dead.
13: Yeah, even when dead. Mike, you are
6: funny. Well, I'm I'm working with no sound today, Carl. Hey, does this film have, uh, it's going to give me subtitles? No. Okay, you see the gas? It's spelled normally. Right. Or they it became it necessary out. to destroy the world in order to save it. So, if I may, I love Roger Corman, but he's a fucking rip-off artist. If you saw that <laughs> long title, you're going to mistake this movie for Dr. Strangelove. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's such a fucking rip-off artist. Ooh, Cindy William and Ben Vereen in this. And Tally Coppola. Yeah. And Burt Court. God, yep. Burt Court. Who else we got? These guys.
13: <laughs> Is it hippie music playing? I'm going to try it again. Now do you remember the old saying don't trust anybody over 30
6: Yeah I still stand for that that's why I don't trust you
13: <laughs> I don't try you look in the mirror and you go yeah right I'm good I don't trust it I'm like I'm getting up early and running around the block to start my day Yeah right
6: Okay, so I got some vague audio. We're having a, a field day here on our live show. Uh, so exactly. we'll just do it. I could barely hear Country Joe and the fish. With Country Joe is AM, whatever. George Armitage, I mentioned this last week. He directed a movie called Miami Blues, it's one of my favorite yeah. movies. And he also yeah. directed The Big Bounce with Morgan Freeman, and he's done some really cool films. So Corman's got some good hands in this film. <clears throat> All right. So this takes place in Los Angeles.
13: Uh, uh, no, this is Dallas, Dallas, Texas.
6: Okay, so it's nice to have a post-apocalyptic movie that takes place in another part of the country.
13: Well, they hit the road. They hit the road, and you know they leave Dallas and go on a road trip after everybody dies. Oh.
6: Well, this is before, right? Because look at those olds.
13: <clears throat> um, that guy yeah, should I guess not be you're smoking. Right.
6: We could probably kill him.
13: Okay, now, here's our hero.
6: He's running around the streets of New York, of Dallas with a crossbow.
13: Yeah, he's at A&M University right now. Oh, no, is it
6: an airplane or a crossbow?
13: It's a crossbow.
6: Oh, and here comes the rational cops, but they must be,
13: uh... It's never explained why he has a crossbow and why they're chasing him. Never explained.
6: He probably stole it, and they're like, come back with that crossbow. It was Green Arrows. It was Hawkeyes. I'm running out of fucking <laughs> things Why he would be running around with a crossbow. Because he's a fucking white guy and he's on a campus with a crossbow. It makes sense to me. Oh, it says, keep off the grass, and the cops run over it.
13: Right. I, want, I don't think that was a pot joke, but it would be on everybody's mind. That's what they called it.
6: It's called irony, Carl. They're the, they're the man, and the law says keep off the grass, and they trample the law.
13: <laughs> no, with the cops for the trampler.
6: You know what? That's not even irony. That's real.
13: <laughs> okay, so here we go up into uh, a church.
6: Uh, okay? I see and nudie picture sculptures. Road. Man, they are running. Oh, they stop and they look at the girl and that guy fucking tumbles like a keystone cop. And they're going <laughs> into church, right outside church. Man, I could barely cut the irony with a fork. There's
13: <laughs> a cop. Yeah, so. I know. You can never cut it with a fork. So there's our hero who's yeah. now put on priest clothes for You're some reason. You're
6: shitting me. The crossbow dude put on a priest code? Yeah. He's already violated three federal offenses, right? <laughs> Being chased by a cop, running around with a weapon in a campus, and then impersonating a priest.
13: No, no, that's legal. You can impersonate a priest. Wait, what's this? You can impersonate a priest. You can impersonate an officer of the law, a member of the government.
6: But isn't there some federal law? I, I know church and state don't mix. Oh, now he's given a
13: confessional. Okay, so this woman we're meeting right now, um, she, she is going to let us know, okay, where is she, where is she? Cilla, Cilla, C-I-L-L-A. What she's doing right now is she's taught, she's an undergrad student. She worked with these people who created the gas, and she's letting this guy know everybody's, going to die right
6: like right now and can I mention there's a movie poster of Debbie Reynolds The Singing Nun as The Singing Nun uh, right outside the confessional or in the confessional right. booth so that's weird and they my
13: wife I, I used to call my wife The Singing
6: Nun because she just refuses to sing she she moves her mouth did you, I, you know Carl, I used to call my wife The Singing Nun because I said hey honey did she say nun what? I'll say, hey, honey, you want to you uh, have sex okay, with me? I wait. still say, none.
10: None <laughs> sex. So
13: I'm going to keep going. It was the Edsel. I'll bring it up later. We'll see it in a minute. All right. Oh,
6: that was an Edsel? God, this film was
13: so ironic. Well, okay. All right, so we're talking about it, So Let's just bring it up. Yeah. The Edsel was a failed car, as Mike, you know. And it was a failed car because the front... I mean, the theory is, it wasn't masculine. The front has what looks to be like a woman's oh. entrance. Okay? That's the Edsel, and that's why it failed.
6: So, failure or not, I'm sure the Edsel will get more sets than we can. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably doing a show right now, the fucker.
13: <laughs>
6: How come this Edsel's movie? doing a set?
13: <laughs> Edsel's in a movie right now. Yeah,
6: what the fuck? Edsel's in a movie, and I'm fucking stuck here. No offense, Carl. Now,
13: it's a 1958 Edsel Pacer. You see, Pacer is really the name of it. Edsel was a car, but there were different ones. It wasn't like a company, it was a car. So Edsel
6: so was named after like, uh, Henry Ford's grandson or some shit like that?
13: No, it was um, Mr. Cell. Um, Mr. Cell. Uh, Ed, Ed Cell.
6: Oh, Ed Cell. <laughs> <laughs>
13: Hey, uh, so wait. now they're making out, and they've decided we're an item, even though we met in a confessional. It's very cool you're impersonating a priest, and we're going to go on the road together.
6: Okay. Wow, things are happening fast for this movie.
13: Let me ask you something, Mike. Sure. The soldier, like the average soldier in Vietnam, and that's what's on the mind of these people, was 19 years old. So why would a guy yeah, well, kill people? You know, over we 25? just decided to uh, just to stay stone until you know? uh, the whole
6: world blows. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm getting some audio.
13: He's explaining his philosophy is now that the old people are gone, we're just going to stay stoned all the time.
6: Oh, so this already happened and Dairy Queen is still open. Thank
13: God. Yeah, that's how weak they are. This movie is really weak in this way. Businesses keep going. They're just, everyone's 25 and younger. Uh, look, like I was trying to get to before, never trust anybody over thirty. That was the like mantra of the day. And so, what Corman is doing here is saying, "Okay, hippies, I'll give you your world. You don't need to trust anyone over thirty. They're all gone, and you guys are in charge." And- Life's a party now. That was a mosh pit if I've ever seen one. What year is this? I, that wasn't a mosh pit. I think I made a mosh steak.
3: <laughs> Did I lose you, Mike?
13: There's a lone dog barking on a rainy day under a Christmas tree. Those are dead people, Mike. Mike, are you even there?
6: Carl, hi. I had the sound off the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> I'm still here. God is under twenty-five, so this guy's yeah, walking he's around still the alive. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm still here, Carl.
13: Sorry. I mean, if, if God is still alive, he's under, you know, if he's, if he is still alive, he wasn't killed by the gas. Do you see that man, that little, that guy ripped off a dead old man? Yeah,
6: I saw that. That's classic young, fucking millennials, man. They'll steal anything.
13: Yeah.
6: Are they at the White okay. House?
13: This, for some reason, they have to go to this authority for some sort of, I don't, I didn't understand this part. He's like some sort of boss.
6: But he has his shirt off. And this
12: is way, my authority. This is all I need.
6: Carl, stop making fun of this movie.
12: It's on the force, you...
6: Oh, no, wait, that is the movie.
13: I'm doing Cartman. Mm-hmm. Authority.
6: This is my authority. Yeah, it's a bad Cartman impression. He is oh, you completely see hairless. The
13: back? You see the, did you see the sign in French?
6: Oh, what did it say? Keep off the
13: grass? No, it's pre... Okay, the joke is passed. Never mind. So he's questioning his authority. Not right. He didn't come to them to get permission. to. Okay, watch. This is where Kennedy got killed.
6: Oh, too soon. Knoll. This is just like seven years later.
13: See the Texas
6: yeah, the Texas Book Depository. Book Depository. That's where my uncle uh, Lee Harvey oh, and, said too much. Okay,
13: watch. This is where it gets up. Uh, they didn't show it, but that's where he gets shut. Do you see the vagina on the Edsel?
6: Oh, I do see the vagina on the Edsel. Right, yeah. in the middle of the car, there's a uh, a long uh, right. vertical uh, vagina.
13: Now, you're not allowed to leave uh, Dallas. You don't have permission from that guy. So you've got to stay in Dallas. We well, you know, Screw that, man.
6: Oh, and then they shoot it. So weird.
13: So they're on the road now.
6: Right, and there's like three or four parked cars. Well, this, they probably spent a lot getting this designed.
13: <clears throat> this was shot in... Um, both Dallas and in New Mexico. You see, they shot in New Mexico. Corman wanted to do it because it was the winter. It was November. He was like, we have to have this film done by December. And Uh his reasoning was, the themes in it are so topical. They're of the day. The thing's got to be released right now, or it's time will pass.
6: So he shot this movie in November and released it in December?
13: Yeah, four weeks. He had it well, actually, I don't want to talk ass. I don't know if he released it, but he completed it within four weeks, and it was in the hands of international America. They released it in 1971. So, oh, right. I mean, so that's January. But still, certainly. that's less than a year. Yeah, they they cranked it out right away. They did not like it. So what they're doing here is they're burning books, and she's protesting. And, he's, and he says, like, they're crappy Harold Robbins or whatever. And she's like, okay, let's burn him.
6: All right. Oh, yeah, they got the books in there. Ah, oh, so nice to see, not not to see a Kindle, am I right? And a bonfire? Am I right? Don't you, don't you hate it when some Yahoo brings a Kindle to a book burning?
13: You're like, dude, <laughs>
6: it's
13: a book burning. Dude, all that, that's going to melt if anything, dude.
6: Yeah, the air will be contaminated. And you could play poker on that.
13: Mike, we need to make that a stand-up joke.
6: All right, let's try it. I we'll work it out right burning. now while they're on the road. <laughs> don't, don't you hate it when you're at a book burning and some asshole brings a kindle
13: <laughs> that's a good one just like that
6: alright Dud. mark noted then what about a tag burning
13: kindle um, yeah well like I mean at best the thing will melt or I don't know, what do you okay look, see it says visit the Oracle and find the answer. Did you All see right. the sign? A
6: right, and it says eight hundred and fifty miles.
13: So you you will see this as a theme. Okay, you see that bus that's leaving there?
6: Right, that is being followed.
13: Right. Why are they following? It's never explained until the very end of the movie.
6: Could you tell me now? Yes. <laughs> They certainly could. <laughs> Tell me now. Spoil it now.
3: <laughs> okay.
6: Wait, 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 wait. If you're listening, cover your ears for the next. Uh, let's talk about it for five minutes. Oh, they're lassoing the uh, the cowboys oh. are lassoing the horse emblem on the uh, on the guy's right, They
13: refuse so. to drive it. Now, this guy who is on the horse right now, he wrote this movie.
6: Oh, that's, that's George. That's George Armadizz. He's a good guy, man. I would check out his George IMDb and check out Armitage. all his movies. He's
13: a good guy. Billy the Kid is what his name is in this movie and he wrote this piece of crap
6: (laughs) I would have myself I would cast myself as Billy the Kid in my movie
13: now everybody okay he he directed Miami Blues as you've made so clear 1990 a good film he also though had another hit 1997 do you know it? The Big Bounce good guess because he did do that no it's Gross Point Blank that was his biggest
6: oh Gross Point Blank right right which is a terrific movie even though I think he did it yeah uh, speaking about good guys Alan Arkin uh, John Cusack Jeremy Pivot I'm sure they were a delight on stage
13: and um, what's his name Saturday Night Live the Ghostbuster Ackroyd
6: oh that's right he was funny in that movie yeah 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 accurate stop making movies, you
13: know like uh I didn't get the joke of uh gross point blank for a time do you get the joke of the pun of the joke right the it, took, the-
6: it it took me a while because there's a movie called point blank which is what uh right. the walker uh series is about you know the uh uh point payback and then there's a um, uh, there was a recent Parker, recent movie mm-hmm. that came out. So I like those. I read those series. So I, I dig that, right? It's not only Westlake, but then uh, uh, under a pseudonym. But uh, the gross point is uh, someplace in the Midwest, right?
13: Uh, yeah, I think it's Michigan.
6: If you guys know, okay, give wait, us a
13: call. We're for meeting
6: now. We, don't we know have to
13: interrupt ourselves because we're meeting Ben Vereen and oh. Cindy Williams.
1: Goodies. you should see it. The, kings, the five santins, Conway, Twitty, the pers,
13: okay so the cowboys stole their car right right and then they walked on foot and they went into this record store and they're meeting two people who are going to be with them throughout the film
6: as as, movies, Marine, as they do Roots. what's that as they tend to do as one yeah. tends to do
13: right when one meets one in a post-apocalyptic uh, time you gang up with people, right? Okay, like, so this is Ben Vereen, who we know from Roots, and the other one is Cindy Williams, who we know is surely from Laverne and Shirley.
6: But this is 1970. Now, Cindy Williams actually had a pretty cool film career around this time. She was in a movie called no. uh, The World's First Nudie Musical, or some shit like that. And yeah, uh, uh, she was, she, she has a cool film career, and uh, she did.
13: Yeah, but it's not yet this is before shit like uh, American Graffiti American Graffiti right and it's before the conversation she was in that with uh, yeah that was
6: 74 74 was uh, or 72 maybe I think it was in between Godfathers
13: she's on her way to something to a good career but right now she did Beware the Blob she Uh did The Killing Kind two horror films that's it do you know a, she tried out for Princess Leia and didn't get the role?
6: Oh, that's a bummer.
13: She would have yeah. been fine. I mean, that would have been. She would have been. She would have been made. Now, trying to. So,
6: She's have you ever scary. seen a movie called *More American Graffiti*?
13: Uh, probably probably
6: it was uh, it was written and directed by associates of uh, George Lucas not by Lucas himself and the gimmick was that you got to see New Year's Day or New Year's Eve of every year during the 60s and uh-huh. uh, so you got to see the characters and I, I believe Cindy Williams was like uh, about to divorce uh, Ron Howard if I believe correctly mm-hmm. it's a classic bad movie I recommend it to anybody it's <laughs>
13: <laughs> but we're, right now uh, she's what, just I read-
6: mm-hmm. sorry uh, no go ahead Carl.
13: She's just raving about music. She loves music. That's why she wants the record store, and she hates leaving, but they're going to leave. Also, she's super pregnant with Ben Vereen's baby. Cool.
6: You know, that poor kid, he's not going to have a parent after they turn 25.
13: That's right. I don't know what's going to happen. They die. So this is Bud Court, by the way. It's hard to see that it's him. He's in his glasses, and he's got his hat on. That
6: guy. That's Bud you worry no longer. Okay, so that's Ben Marine right now. Come on, Bert, say something.
13: Oh. The, that was a joke, by the way.
6: They have they guns like, and they, they walk into each other. They right. Know how to, they they said know you doing.
13: don't have to, yeah, you're protected. You don't have to worry about anything now. And then they walk into each other. Okay, so they've agreed to, okay, here's what's happening. They want to go off to this Indian uh, Pueblo. It's where there's like a safe haven now that it's post-apocalyptic. But to do so, they need a car. And they were like, well, the cowboys stole my car. So Ben Vereen and him was like, okay, we'll help you get the car back. And that's why we're here
6: in All right. this shootout. And this is back in, like, they used a lot of deserted cars as props, and now they're in a, a car lot.
13: Right. The joke here is they say cowboys' names as they fire. Now, you remember that in the 50s, not that you literally remember, there were, everything was <laughs> cowboy shows. Are you saying I would have been dead by now? <laughs> One can only hope, but I'm saying that you've been told yeah. um, that yeah. in the 50s it was all cowboy movies. So they're saying names right now. You can turn on the audio if you okay. want for a minute Yeah. of stars. Jim Brown! Are, Hey, babe, was the only one, you know?
2: Jim Arnos.
6: Oh, I got that joke. Bedvirian says First Jim Brown is the, the only one.
7: Albert.
6: Oh, look, there's Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Rogers,
13: <last release>. uh, <laughs> Ward Bond, you're forcing me. See, they're trying to be a comedy. This is really trying to be a comedy. So now, the situations are ironical. Is that the right word?
6: Yeah, it's ironical. If I could right. quote our friend, uh, director Dave Gebro's movie, the it's uh, ironical. Oh shit, what was that movie called? Bionicle? No, he, uh, The Homeboy. He had a movie called The Homeboy, and one of the characters keeps saying ironical.
13: I'm being ironical. Oh, right. But that's what the comedies. Okay, he just said that he invoked the base one. He goes, John Wayne! And when he did, like, it's the winning shot. Right. So now all the cowboys are dead, and the girls are like, yay, you killed people. You guys are so great. You killed people. Now, they get their Edsel back, and they're going to take off. Okay, this is Edgar Allan Poe.
6: So this is a dude on a motorbike with his lady, and they're all dressed in black. And the Raven. Yeah.
13: Uh. Now, when they started shooting this, they only had a first draft of the script. Right. They made up everything as they went along, and one of them was an Edgar Allan Poe character. He like he's like the, I I thought he was the Oracle. Maybe he is. He like he's talking to them now, but he's going to go yeah, away it's, it's and it's watch them the from land. afar throughout the film. We, I don't know why.
7: So, so flight may be the most reckless solution. Prince Prospero learned that the wicked.
6: He seems like a reject character from the Venture Brothers. Like they said, eh, let's <laughs> scrap this
13: shit. <laughs> it was on the cutting room floor.
6: Yeah, Not even we're
13: good for that crap.
3: <laughs>
6: good riddance. <laughs> oh man, is that half baked?
13: Done. When you get cut from a Venture Brothers movie, there's not much do you
3: care? Yeah.
6: Oh, a TV show. That's the cartoon. TV show. And off it's they drive. Nice okay, so visit the Oracle and find the answer. Five hundred thirty-eight miles. That's the same fucking sign. Unless yeah. they're getting closer, because previously yeah. said five hundred thirty-eight miles. Maybe they're getting closer and now. This says five hundred. Where's the continuity, girl, Corman? Carl when I saw the
13: truck that was following them again
6: right which you still haven't told me the. the that's right
13: it's inexplicable it's only explained at the end
6: well well we may or may not uh, make it to the end because this movie is two hours and uh, I would like to get out of here before uh, the next uh, show I mean the radio comes on
13: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's uh, I forgot to mention um, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, sister
6: oh because it said Coppola and I was wondering about that Uh, Talia
13: Shire.
6: That's Talia Shire? Oh! It's Talia
13: Coppola. I'm such a fucking moron. (laughs) You are, but not for that much. Oh, uh, wait a minute. (laughs) Are you insulting me? I don't know. I'm certainly not insulting you. Um, I mean, not that time, but I... I am insulting to you. So uh, she was the sister of director and producer Francis Ford Coppola. And in this movie, you know, up to here, she did the Dunwich Horror uh-huh. and Prophecy. So she is definitely trying to use her brother's name to say, come on, cast me, come on.
6: Well, I don't know the reason why uh, her name changed. To, to, maybe she got married or maybe she did change it. Like Nicholas Cage, of course, his last name was Coppola, and he yeah. changed it to Cage. Right. So... Uh, and Jason Schwartzman is Talia Shire's son. Uh,
13: why do I know that name? What was he
6: in? Uh, I don't know. Take out your Netflix pile and look at the movie you didn't bother to watch. Uh huh. Uh huh. And he was in it. Yeah. Oh, they're getting trippy so, now. Psychedelic. It's like a copy of a copy.
13: Oh, it's that's Country, Country Joe. Joe. Yeah, he's the soundtrack person. Right now he's called AM radio or something. No, well, they say that in the
6: credits, that he's playing AM radio.
13: Yeah, so right now he's not Country Joe and the Fish. He's AM radio and the, I don't know, radios.
6: I always think of the farmer's daughter. Like, are you a Country Blowjob and the Fish? What's going on?
13: <laughs> Let's talk about Country Joe just for a second. Get it out of the way. Okay, go ahead uh, and talk. He was, um, okay, you would know him from the Vietnam War song. One, two, three, what are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. Next up is Vietnam. You know it, right? Yes. Okay, and also he's known for, he was in Woodstock. His band Country Joe and the Fish were in Woodstock. That's his claim to fame. Now, there was only one other thing that's interesting about him, and was a lawsuit. Um, this woman... Okay, in 1926, there was some guy named Kid O'Ree who made a jazz classic called Muskrat Ramble. And the daughter but that sued this guy, um, saying that one, two, three, what are we fighting for, was written by, you know, it was ripped off. She lost the court. The case—that's crazy. She Why did you lose? Because it, it had been twenty-six. Okay, in nineteen sixty-five, the song came out, and she didn't say anything till nineteen ninety-nine. It was pretty obvious. Um, she went for de- three decades without making a lawsuit. So they said, "Come on, now, this woman, she had to pay four hundred thousand dollars for his attorney fees." And she had to sell the rights to the song uh, to get the money. So he really... Wow, what
6: a stupid... Uh, terrible story.
13: I Get it, gang. Yeah, hey, Cutty Joe.
6: Actually, Cutty Joe and the Fish were part of the whole San Francisco Summer of Love psychedelic explosion. Yeah. Uh, so I have to... be uh, Because we're broadcasting here out of San Francisco, I have to say that.
13: Did you know he's still alive, right? Oh, really? He was... He was recently at that rally uh, The Call It Frisco movement And he spoke And he, he had a cane He really did not look well We um, would But he's this? out there And he's active He's an activist oh, That's
6: cool So we got some psychedelic uh, Going on uh, Including uh, Exorcistial uh, psychedelic images On the screen
13: Now he is not with our hero her- Heroine he's not with steel he's yet. with cocaine All oh, the crack in the world
6: <laughs> and the drugs. I get it yeah oh man I'm just tripping balls really my balls are to the floor like every time I walk I trip
13: see I you trip right over yeah and what happens when you get older they hang
6: yeah there's a I'm J-
13: feeling that
6: Jay Moore's uh, memoirs, Gasping for Airtime he talks about Adam Sandler was on Mr. Belvedere and he tells a story that Mr. Belvedere sat on his balls oh. I heard that on Gilbert uh, Gottfried's podcast as well so that's a good ball story <laughs> this
13: morning I was tripping balls uh huh yeah it happens when you get older
6: oh uh, I thought you were going to say your son left all these balls on the floor and you tripped over them <laughs> but it was actually your testicles
13: yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll just say that happens when you get older. They droop.
6: How's that? They sag your balls. Well, that reminds me of that song about: Do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> That's right. Do you tie them in or not? You remember in elementary school they taught you that song: as your ears? Does your ears hang low? Your ears. <laughs> yeah. what The fuck's that about? Fuck like that. You mean, he low like testicles?
13: <laughs> oh, uh, the scene's past, so I've got to quickly bring it up. Oh, the psychedelic that stuff. That's yeah. not who she she uh, He made love to just some random girl. And uh, that is what gave the film an R rating, that scene we saw.
6: Oh, because he slept with another girl.
13: Right, and she doesn't care. It's hippie time, it's love and peace.
6: If she said you broke our relationship apart. This should be rated G.
13: She doesn't. See how they're all happy? See, everything's good in our new world with under 25-year-old people.
6: Carl, I should mention real quickly that the rating system in 1970 was completely different from what it is nowadays. In fact, we saw a movie, one of our films we saw on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube was let, What Would You Say to a Naked Lady? And that got an X right. rating. And it was later yeah. rated R because it wasn't like what we imagined. That's uh, right. And also, one last thing I'll, I'll say is that the board has a rating rated X they don't have a rating called triple X that is a complete fabrication
13: oh I didn't know that
6: yeah because you don't have to get your film rated and they'll say this film is not rated and and during, you know, Midnight Cowboy was the first uh, X-rated movie to be uh, to win an Academy Award as Best Picture. Uh, yeah. And you watch that movie now, it, it's an R, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So a lot of movies that we would consider R were rated X, and people wanted to get them in the cinema and to say, like, you're not going to be watching Midnight Cowboy, you're going to be watching dudes doing it. They'll say it's triple X, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah you actually get to see the the process. I see
13: where it came from now hardcore sex was triple X
6: yeah right well, whereas X was Alan Funt talking about uh, oh you, so you like fellatios huh so look there's a football team <laughs> driving around in dune
13: buggies and they're all okay, chasing there's after our heroes doesn't get explained. Uh, okay so I have to tell you what this is it's kind of dumb this, so, yo, these Carl, dune buggies
6: yeah Carl tell tell the audience what we're watching
13: you see, it's a traveling band of football players. I don't know why.
6: With cheerleaders in a band.
13: Yeah, and there's a coach, and they have all the equipment and everything. They're always in uniform, and they drive around in dune buggies. And what they do is they rape, pillage, and plunge. You see, they're stealing
6: right They're now. stealing, and in particular, they're at a butcher shop taking slabs of meat, if that's symbolic. Yeah. Oh, there goes, now, see, Mike,
13: you're very sensitive about rape, and you always, like, give a rape warning. We've Yeah, because that,
6: we respect our audience, and we, should, you know, we're, we're not here. We want see? to have a good time.
13: You see, ladies and gentlemen, he's very sensitive about
6: Uh-oh. it. Oh, so you say this is going to be a Roger Corbin rape scene?
13: Well, it okay, they're going to do now... its It doesn't pan out to be a rape in the end, okay? But that's how it starts. We're going right. to rape you. Look, see how they're wrecking up the car? What for? They're just a marauding band of...
6: Marauders. Yeah. They're marauding so they, marauders. They're
13: football people, and then they'll play a football game. Okay, so now... They're chasing this horrible, girl. She's on the bed. Scene. I had you. This is it, for Mike, ladies and gentlemen. No,
6: I guess the, their joke is that the football players are raping like they're football. They're tackling. Oh, they got caught. She's wearing a helmet.
13: See, it's all in fun, rape of Back then. Okay. Up against the wall. That's a penalty. You're outside.
6: Wait, now they're outside.
13: Now they are. Yeah. Well, it's a comedy, and so it's like madcap, crazy fun. Carl,
6: they were it's indoors. Really they were in the bedroom where she was about to get us, it was being assaulted. They confront each other, and then a split second later, they're out. They take it. They're outside.
13: Well, I think it's time has passed in, in the world of the movie I don't think it's just like okay
6: I god I should have taken the acid before the show <laughs> yeah it changes up time man if I was on acid I'd be like what a waste of my time can't we watch the monkeys movie or something